Thanks for tuning in to Dream City Omaha, where we're all about helping each other discover Christ, recover identity, and uncover purpose. We hope this message impacts your life, and be sure to like and subscribe for more. Dream City, what's going on? How y'all feeling this morning? Man, it is an honor to be with you all. Man, I love this church. I love, I love this church, man, and uh, aren't you grateful for your leaders? Um, I hope that you're grateful. Come on. Uh, can we give it up for, for Pastor John? Come on, and Angel and the team. Man, hey, can we just like, I'm, a, uh, I'm kind of a coach at heart. If I say give me two claps, can y'all just say, I'm a, y'all just repeat after me, two claps, and we're going to say happy birthday, Angel. Can we do that? All right, give me two claps. Happy birthday, Angel. Come on, we're going to have some good time this morning. Um, I bring you greetings from the hood where it's all good, Bridge Church, man. Uh, man, it's, uh, man, I just, I, I love, I love, I just love the local church. I love it, you know. Um, I'm honored. I truly am honored to be here uh, with you all. We always say this, one church, many different expressions. Amen. Is anybody grateful for the, for, the, for the expression of Dream City Church, man? Y'all are extremely blessed. Um, man, so, so, so as I was kind of uh, um, just kind of thinking and preparing, but before, before, before I get to that, um, I just need to shout out somebody who really helped me out tremendously. Do y'all know y'all got the greatest chiropractor in the, in the city right here? Come on, come on. Sherry, where you at, sis? Man, hey, for like, a, um, for like a couple months, your boy was struggling, like struggling for real. And uh, I just felt like it was a, 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 a picture of what I just needed, right? Sometimes I just needed a, a quick alignment, you know? I don't have much of a neck, but she did something to my neck. She did something to my neck. Man, it was, it was the first time it's ever happened. But I just feel like um, even as talking to, talking to Pastor John, you know, he, I was like, man, what's one thing that you would love for your church to know? What is it? You can, any, anything. I thought he was going to give me like a giving, man. Y'all need to encourage them to give. You know, that's why they bring guest speakers in sometimes. <laughs> but I love his heart. And this is what he said. He said, Here's our mission. He says, we exist to lead people into freedom and fullness found in the abundant life in Christ. Anybody grateful for that? He talks about John 10, 10, man. The thief only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus makes a bold claim. He says, but I have come so that you may have life and life in abundance. And he says, all I want above everything, if, if I can just get them to do this, just to pursue Jesus. That's my heart. That's my heart for every single person in my church, in our church, that he gets the privilege to help steward. He says, I just want them to pursue Jesus, period. I just want y'all to know y'all are extremely blessed, extremely blessed. And I don't know about you, but we all pursue a lot of different things, amen? Amen. So I did a little research and I said, you know what, let me, what are the top eight things that people pursue? Let me know if you can relate to this. Happiness, come on. Who likes that movie? Come on, shout out to, to Will Smith, The Pursuit of Happiness. Money. Anybody pursue a little money? Anybody like that cha-ching-ching? 
personal freedom, peace of mind, joy. Come on, do you just need a little bit of joy this morning? Joy, balance, fulfillment, confidence. These are the top eight things that people research and they pursue. Am I the only one in here that says, man, I pursued all those different things? I have. And, and, and growing up, I didn't grow up in church. The first time I ever went to church, I was, I was 20 years old. I was a junior in college. And a friend of mine who happened to be a pastor's kid, he invited me to church one day. And uh, man, I've never been to church. Um, you know, Sunday morning in our house was football Sunday. I believe I have the greatest dad in the world, but it wasn't about church. We didn't talk about God. We didn't talk about none of that. It was all about football during football season. And, and, and I went to this church. It was a Trinity Church at the time. And, and it, was, it was similar to this. There was, a, there was a joy. There was an excitement that people had. I was like, man, I thought I kind of had a pretty good thing going. I'm starting to do pretty good in school. Felt like I had some direction. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and the first time I ever heard about somebody talking about a relationship with Jesus, first time in my life, and I had responded to it. I was sitting in the back, and I didn't know what was going on. I did not even hear the gospel. All I heard was, Jesus desires a relationship with you if you would just open up your heart to him. So I remember I was in the back, I'm, I'm boo-hooing. I don't know why I'm boo-hooing, but I walked to the front, and that was the first start of my Christian journey. So I went to this church, I went to this church, and it was great, I loved it, but then I used to go to this other church because it had a little bit more swag a little bit, a church called Glad Tidings. Anybody, anybody been to Glad Tidings before? Man, I didn't know what was going on, but I used to love going, to, I used to sneak out of Trinity, get the Glad Tidings, and then I was like, man, I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a, I'm a go back, man, I just love going, and there's this fiery preacher named Pastor Doby, come on. Aren't y'all grateful? Y'all got some great, great roots, man. I used to love this brother. He used to be walking up and down, up and down. He was like, man, that's good preaching. That's good preaching. I said, man, I, I didn't know you could talk to yourself while you preaching. <laughs> it was awesome. I loved it. I loved it. I just loved the feeling. I loved the feeling every time I get. There was no, if I'm being completely honest, there was really no life change. I just loved going to church. I loved the feeling I got. Friday, Saturday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm back at the club. But I would go to church on a Sunday. And then, and then, and then after college, I had the opportunity to go to, to the Philippines. Anybody been to the Philippines before? Have you really? That's what's up, man. What's your name? What is your name? Brittany. Brittany. What was you doing in the Philippines? I, I was uh, Amen. Come on. Hey, come on, come on, come on. Thank you for your service. But I had an opportunity to go to the Philippines to pursue a dream of mine. And uh, it doesn't look like it now, but I used to play a little basketball. <laughs> but I went over there to pursue my dream. My mom's from the Philippines. My dad, he was in the military as well. But, uh, but, but I went over there and I was like, this is it. I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to be the man. I'm going to pursue my three Gs. I love it. The gold, I need that money. The girls, you know what I'm saying? The glory, it was all about me. And then I met somebody. I met someone who not just went to church, but he was actually being the church. He, I heard his story, and there was, there was, there was, there was, there was some, some consistency when the, what he was preaching and how he was living. And it took me a couple years. We actually ended up being roommates, but he really helped walk with me. He used to teach me about what the Bible says about salvation, 
Teach me what the Bible says about repentance and lordship and, and the importance of the Bible and the importance of being a part of a local church. And after two years in the Philippines, I'm telling you what, I don't think I miss church. Matter of fact, I went on a whole bunch of mission trips. I was doing all of the right Christian things, but I know deep in my heart I had yet to fully surrender my life to him. And I remember one particular Friday night, I'm typically, again, don't judge me, I'm going to the club, and then I just felt like the Holy Spirit told me to Michael Jackson moonwalk back into my little condo. And I felt like he had something he wanted to share with me. And, and, and I went to the, to the Bible, and there was only a few scriptures that I memorized, but one of them was Jeremiah 29, 11. Anybody like that scripture? Oh, that was my favorite scripture. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans not to harm you, but plans to prosper you, give you a hope in the future. Oh, how much I love that scripture. But I did something this particular evening that I'd never done before. You see, I like that scripture because it made me feel good about who I was. And I continue to read in verse 13, and you know what it said? If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. And the truth of the matter is I had never sought God with all of my heart because I didn't have to. I was living out my dream. I was doing what I felt like I was called to do. I was playing ball, doing my thing, but then I said, you know what, God? Me and you. And I prayed a prayer that I never had prayed before because every single person around me would tell you, that brother right there is solid. He's solid. He is giving. I knew all the Christian lingo. I, I, I knew it all. But I prayed a prayer. And I encourage you to pray this prayer. It might do something to you. I said, God, you know that I love you. And I based my love for God on how I felt during worship. The worship's amazing, by the way. Give that up to the worship team. Amazing. But, I, but, but it was all about a feeling. Every time I'd come to worship, I would cry. I would feel. And I was like, That's, this, is, this is how I love you, God. Because every time they would sing, I would cry. I would get emotional. I loved it. I loved it. But this particular time, I said, God, you know I love you. But would you reveal to me what is keeping me from total surrender to you? Please reveal to me what is keeping me from total surrender to you. The first time in my life that I sought God with all of my heart. And it was just me and him in my little apartment. And you know what? God answers our prayers. He spoke to me. And he revealed to me what it was. 2004, my life has never been the same. And all along, all along, I'm just going to be honest, I thought it was my sexual sin. I didn't grow up in church. I just knew one particular way of living. But what he had revealed to me, it wasn't that. It was my pride. And he wanted to do a work in me. I said yes to him. I said, God, I give you, I give you everything. One of, the, one, of, one of the first teachings, my friend who, who, uh, who was my roommate, he said, man, I think I, I want to share with you the scripture. He said, I've been praying for you. And it was Matthew 7, 21. Does anybody know that scripture? I hated him for it. But he said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Then he began to tell me, do you know that Jesus was referred to as Savior only twice in the book of Acts, and 24 times in the entire New Testament, he's referred to as Savior. But as Lord, 99 times in the book of Acts alone, and over 600 times in the entire New Testament. He said, yes, we all love Jesus to be our Savior, but have you declared him as Lord of your life? 
Lord means the one who calls the shots. The reality is like I gave Jesus most of my life, but I didn't give him everything. And that was the start of talking about this freedom, this abundant life that John 10.10 talks about that I was able to experience and I haven't looked back. But that was 2004. I give all praise and glory to God for what he's done in my life. So when I think about this idea of pursuing, Pursuing Jesus. This is what Pastor John says. I want my church to pursue him. This phrase came up to mind, and I'm excited to get into God's word to share about a couple brothers who decided to do it. But here's the big idea of today. Pursuing the ways of Jesus is partnering with Jesus. Pursuing the ways of Jesus is partnering with Jesus. You know, we can pursue a lot of things like we've shared, but we must pursue the way that he lived. Amen? So here's this, here's this little diagram. So pursue him doing what? Why? why? Why should we even do it? Because we understand he was the first one to pursue us first. Amen. He's the great pursuer. Amen. It always starts with Jesus. Amen. It's not about us putting all this effort to pursue him. No, we surrender because he's in pursuit of us. Amen. So it always starts that when we understand he's the one. Our faith is always based on what he did for us. It starts there, not what we can do for him. I was talking to a friend and we've been doing a series around purpose-driven life. Shout out to Rick Warren, but we've been doing it. And he said, man, I got depressed. Mental I'm talking about mental illness messed with them, trying to pursue my purpose. Because everybody around me was talking about all this effort. He was striving, he was striving. And I was like, nah, man. He's like, your purpose is revealed, not pursued. It's already in you. God wants to give you revelation of what your purpose is. You know what I mean? So, 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 so if you're here this morning and you're like, man, how, I'm, I'm, I'm in this pursuit. No, God wants to give you revelation. It's not going to be on your own effort. It's based on what he did. So pursuing the ways of Jesus is partnering with Jesus. So here's this little slide because I used to think, man, as long as me and Jesus is cool, I'm straight. I'm straight. As long as I, me and him cool, I'm good. I could care less about my neighbor. I could care less about the man down the street. It didn't matter. As long as me and Jesus was cool, I'm cool but it has to go beyond this. So here's kind of a, this little slide. This is, this is our original design, that we were designed for good. Can somebody say amen? Amen, amen. right? And, and, and God loved us so much, right? He didn't want us to be robots. We know this, so he gave us this thing called free will, the opportunity to love him back. But what happens? Sin enters the world, and you and I are damaged by what? Evil. Sin. But it doesn't stay there. What did, you, what did God do? Because he didn't want us to be eternally separated from him, he did what? The un unthinkable thing. For God so what? Love the world that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, right, to live the life that you and I should have lived, to die the death that we should have died. And then three days later, he did something. Come on, he rose from the grave, proving he was the son of God. Is anybody grateful for that? But this is it. And most times in our Christianity, we stay here. 
We say right here. But that is not the whole gospel. Now he wants us to partner with him to do what? Send us out to heal. To restore relationships, to repair communities, to invite others to God's healing, to seek justice. This is why I believe you and I are here. So I want to go just a couple different texts. I want to start in Matthew, and then I want to go to Acts 3, if you have your Bibles. Here's what Jesus says, and I love these other brothers because they applied what he says. Matthew 9.35 says this. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were what? Harassed. Helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Imagine the disciples are with him. He sees him. He sees the crowds, right? But I love that how he saw. He saw something different. And what? And guess what? He said, he said he felt something. He was moved with compassion, right? And then what did he say? Send workers to the harvest field. What? Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, send out workers into the harvest field. You guys get this. The disciples hear this. Now let's fast forward. Let's fast forward. Acts 1, you guys already know what happens. Go to the book of Acts. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Right? Jesus ascends, and he says, man, I need you to wait. I'm going to give you something, this power, the Holy Spirit, not just dunamis power, it's dynamic power, right? And then what's they, they wait. Acts 2, guess what? They get filled. The disciples are in the upper room. Guess what happens? After Jesus says, they feel they're over there speaking in different languages and tongues and speaking to the heart languages of the people. And this brother Peter, who Jesus just, he just restored not too long before this, Peter goes up and he preaches a sermon. And 3,000 people, they ask, what must I do to be saved? Read it for yourself. Say, repent, believe, and be baptized, every one of you. Right? So now we get into Acts 3. So you got these 3,000 people, all different walks of life. Now they're, what, they're, they're committing themselves to the fellowship, to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking bread, and to prayer. And it said people were getting saved daily. Amen? So this is what they were doing. This was their lifestyle. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 3 where we're going to land here. And I just got a couple things that I just wanted to share with us to help us partner with Jesus in healing this World. So we're going to go to Acts 3. Acts 3, this is the first miracle after the first church, after the church was born, the first miracle. It said, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in a three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. Are y'all following us? But I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them, 
all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was a lame beggar, they seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. Finally, they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Has anybody read that before? You see, when I think about the church in our city and I think about Dream City, you know what I'm saying? Before, before the, um, the church was, the, the New Testament church was birthed, church was a place that people went to. The temple, that's where the presence of God. It was a place that they went to. It changed when the New Testament church was birthed, called something called the ecclesia. And it was a gathering of people on mission together. See, church wasn't just a place that they went to. It was a family they belonged to. It was, a, it, it was different. It was different. So here you got Peter and John just getting done, hanging out with their, with their, with their crew, with their people, fellowship and breaking the bread, doing all those things. Now guess where they're going? To church. They're on their way to church. On the way to church. And guess what happened? They stopped. The guys, the, the lame man saw them and asked them for some money. They went from going to church to being the church. Not just going to church, but being to church. Let's go to verses uh, 1 through 3. Just a couple of things that I think I just wanted to highlight. First thing, this man was lame from birth. They say he was 40 years old. 40 years old. This brother didn't do anything wrong. He was lame from birth. And every single day, people would come up, pick him up, and lay him outside at the temple gate so people would beg, or so, so he would beg and ask people for money. Could you imagine for 40 years, the same old people? And mind you, these two guys weren't just the only ones that passed him. Thousands of people passed him. Did you know that Jesus even passed him? Jesus even passed him. What I'm saying is so many people have passed him, and I'm sure there's some people maybe gave him some money. Some people looked down on him. Some people, whatever, just went on, went, went, went on their business. But this was his situation. He was lame from birth. Next thing, it says what? Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called beautiful, so he could beg. Keep going to uh, verse, verse 4. When he saw Peter and John to enter, he asked them for some money, and Peter and John looked at him intently. Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. You see, one of the things, this is, this is, this, when I, when, when I think about what Peter and John did, he says they looked at him intently. If you and I want to partner, want to pursue Jesus and partner with Jesus, we have to see differently. You know, I say it like this, man, we have to have 2020 20 vision. 
We can't just see like everybody else sees. Everybody else, thousands of people would walk by this brother and see this him as a lame man with no sense of hope. But Peter and John did something different. They saw him. And not only did they saw him, they said, you know what? He kept down on his level. He said, man, I need you to look at me. He looked at him intently with a sense of fire. Could you imagine? He said, I ain't got no money for you, Doc. But what I do have, I will give to you. And what did he say? In the name of Jesus Christ. Can you go to the... He says, he says that Peter took the lame man by the right hand. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. But I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Does anybody know that there's power in the name of Jesus Christ? There's power in his name. I love what was shared before. He said, man, this is what I have. What I have, I will give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. He didn't just say the name of Jesus Christ. Go ahead and do your thing and keep on moving. I don't know about you, but I do that sometimes. Man, I mean, I'm going somewhere. I'm, I'm trying, and I was like, man, I'm going to just go ahead and send some prayers over to that particular situation or, or this particular person when I see that somebody may have a need. But not only did he say it, he declared it. He said there's power in the name. He helped this brother up. He took him by the hand. He got his hands a little bit dirty. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. And then, could you imagine? He jumped, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Forty years. Has anybody had, like, uh, their, their, their foot go asleep? Your arm go to sleep? What do they call it? A atrophy? Could you imagine? For 40 years, this brother could not do anything. He could not stand on his own. But something happened. There was a divine exchange. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. There was a certain boldness, confidence that Peter had when he spoke to him. And guess what? This brother starts what? Walking. Not only walking, he said, hey, leaping, come on, praising God. This is what he did. Put yourself in the story. It's fascinating to me. When they realized he was a lame beggar, beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. And then, finally, he says, they all rushed in amazement to Solomon's calling, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. This is what he did. So three things. If you and I want to pursue Jesus, it's partnering with him. And what? And repairing the world. The first thing, I got this. You guys don't, don't laugh at me. Is you need seer goggles. Seer goggles. Do y'all know what a seer is? A seer in the Old Testament was a prophet. It was a prophet. And here's what a, a seer does. I want to get this because this is good. Y'all know, know what beer goggles is. I'm talking about seer goggles. A seer is a person who is supposed to be able through supernatural insight to see what the future holds. This is how we must see. We must see. We must put these on because everybody in the, in, over there, they saw him for who he was. 
But guess what? These guys, these guys, they did something different. They said he needs some money. He said, I ain't got no money for you, Doc. But what I do have in the name of Jesus. See, see, they, he thought, this brother thought he needed some cash, but he needed, he needed his whole condition transformed. Anybody need their condition transformed? I know I do. I know I do. And sometimes could it be that God's timing is always perfect? His timing is always perfect. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're, 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 maybe you're settling. Because I think this guy right here, he was settling. He just thought, man, if I can just get this little bit of cash, then I would be good. So he had to see differently. The next thing I, I believe that he needs, that we all, you and I need, is like we need, a, we need a heart transplant. You and I. When Jesus said, when he saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion. This is what Peter and John did. They were moved. They actually did something to their, to their heart. Here's what Ezekiel says. Ezekiel says this. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Has anybody here got their heart hardened over, the, over this last couple years? You, start, you stop to feel a little bit. I know I have, these have been the, la- the hardest years of my life, 2019 up till, up till now. Hard years. So much transition, trying to lead a church through the pandemic. I mean, it is tough. Tough. But he says, man, I need a new heart. God wants to give you a new heart. You know, he just doesn't want to change your heart. He wants to give you a, a complete new heart. He wants to give you a new heart. Do you have a new heart this morning? Church. And the last one is like, we need a, a helping hand. This brother didn't need a hand out. He needed a hand up. You know, when I was coaching basketball, you know, we talked about, man, we got to be builders. We got to be life lifting. I said, the only time you look down on somebody is what? When you're helping them up. Man, we live in such a culture where, man, there's so much division, so many this and that, and where people stand. Man, what we need and what he needs, if we want to partner with Jesus, we need to put out a helping hand. We need to get, we got to get new vision. We got to see it. God wants to give us a new heart, but he also wants to use us, have a helping hand. Um... It reminds me of this particular story, and this, 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 this changed the way that I see and I saw the world and people. So you can, you can take, this, take, this, take this off, um, please. So I remember this was I, was, I was living in the Philippines, and uh, man, man, I, I'm thinking about this story. So I was, I was leaving the gym. I was leaving the gym, and then there was this kid. I'm coming out, you know, and uh, there's this kid kind of sitting on the, on, on the street. And, and, and he said, sir, can I, can, I, can, I, can I have some money? I immediately judged him, and I said, because it was a good-looking kid. Good-looking kid. He, wasn't, he didn't look like the rest of the street kids. He was a good-looking kid. So, so I was like, no, nah, man, no. Nah. And, and I just went about my business. And I'm literally on my way close to my house, and I felt like the Holy Spirit tell me, you got to turn around. So I'm literally getting ready to pull into my, into my little condo, 
And I felt like this strong, I'm talking about it was a strong conviction. Everybody had that before? Like a strong prompting to do something. So I ended up turning around, going back in traffic, and I'm kind of frustrated. I said, I hope this kid is still there. So I ended up going back, and the kid is still sitting right there. So I began to say, hey, man, what's your name? He began to tell me his name. I said, what's your story? And he had a book bag on. I said, man, do you mind if I look in your bag? He said, sure. So I look in his bag. You won't believe what was in his bag. There was a Bible and a few Christian books. My heart melted. Melted. And I said, man, what's your story? He said, sir, I don't even know where I'm at. He said, I've been walking for eight hours. My dad, he's a drunk, he's abusive. I just want to go see my mom. Sir, all I've been doing is walking and praying. Walking and praying. And I felt like the Lord led me to you. You talk about your heart being shattered. So obviously, as I picked my heart from the ground, and he told me, I just want to be with my mama. And his mom lived a few hours away, and he had to actually take a boat to get to where she was. It helped change the way that I saw the world. You see, when I think about Peter and John, when I think about how they looked at him intently, I was just so caught up in what I was doing going about my business. Me and Jesus, we cool. And I realized, man, man, it's not just supposed to be me and him to worship, but also to be a witness. To partner with Jesus. Partnering with the ways of Jesus. We can't just follow, don't hear me, Jesus. Obviously, we love Jesus. It's always about Jesus. But we have to follow the ways of Jesus as well how he treated people, how he loved people, how he saw, how he felt, how he extended a hand. This is what the world needs. This is what our city needs. Can I tell you, over here in Omaha, Nebraska, man, there's something that God is doing in the church of the city. Unlike any other city, I I believe actually in the country, churches coming together, 40, 50 churches coming together, on mission together, and I really believe it's to wake up the church. It's not just going to church, it's being the church, going out, partnering with the ways of Jesus. We must pursue him by partnering with him. So how do we get these eyes? How? How? Right now, I can't see y'all with nothing. I put these on, I can see a little bit better. Ask him. Ask him. God, help me see the way that you see. Help me see people the way that you see people. God, would you help me? Because left to myself, I'm thinking about me, my little circle, I'm cool. God, help me see because everybody's made the image of God, amen? Everybody needs Jesus. Help me see. The second part, I mean, how do I feel? Like, be honest with yourself. How's your heart this morning? Is your heart broken? Is it tired? Is it frustrated? How, how is your heart doing this morning? Ron Dostler, the guy who started Bridge Church, he said, man, our, our faith is twofold. 
First, when we when he invites Christ into our hearts. The second fold is when he invites us into his heart. God wants to us to be invited into his heart. He wants to give us a new heart. He wants us to feel again. He knows, he knows how your heart really is. He knows how hard it is. He knows what you've been through. He wants to give you a new heart if you would allow him to. Because sometimes we're just content with how our heart is. No, God wants to give you a new heart. And the last thing is, guess what he wants us to do? He wants to use us. These hands are not meant to be like this. These hands are meant to be open. God, how do you want to use me to partner with you on healing the world? Let's go back to this particular, to that, to that, to that diagram. And, and Mr. 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 Piano Man can come up anytime right now. Aren't you grateful for the Mr. 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 Keys? I said, come on and get up on these Alicia's, man. Come on, come on. What's your name again, brother? Luis, man. Anybody grateful for Luis? We were designed for good. Been damaged by evil. When we say yes to Jesus, when we say, God, I just don't receive you as my Savior, but my Lord, I want to develop a friendship with you. I want, I want to see the way that you see. I want to feel the way that you feel. God, I want to be used the way that you want to use me. It cannot stay here. We must be compelled like Peter. We must be compelled to share because he understands that he was sent to partner with Jesus to heal our world. You know, as I was looking at this story and just kind of reflecting on it as we close, I was like, Rob, how, where do you see yourself in the story? <laughs> I just felt like the Holy Spirit, where do you see yourself in the story? Who are you? Are you Peter? I'd like to be Peter. Are you John? Just kind of the one that was with him, didn't say much. <laughs> Were you the crowd? The pass by? Where are you? I said, I said, the truth is I'm the lame man. I'm him. That's who I am. That's who I resonate with. Couldn't walk. Couldn't walk out the calling of God on my life. Didn't know it. Was completely blinded by anything of faith. But I'm so grateful somebody Somebody extended an invitation. Somebody brought me to church. Somebody did. And over time, God's word started to get into my heart until I got to a place to say, God, I'm yours. You can have it all. I got to a place of total surrender, total dependency. I said, God, you can have my dreams. You can have my reputation. You can have my money. You can have my sin. God, you can have it all. 
Because that's the reasonable response when you understand you were just a lame man. That's who I am. But I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Dream City Church, God wants to give us seer goggles. He wants us to be able to see things in the supernatural. He wants to give us a new heart. His heart, he wants us to, he wants to invite us into his heart. And he wants to use us to partner with Jesus to healing a world. Would you, are you, are you, are you willing to do that? Do you want to do that? Guess what? The city needs you. The city needs people who are so on fire. It's full of the spirit who understand, man, this is not about me. It's about him. I believe every single day in your workplaces, in your schools, in your families, in your homes, there are opportunities. God has already gone before us. He's gone before us. Now, I believe if we just put on these, God, God what are you saying? What are you showing me? Who do I need to reconcile with? So you can just stop just living life, just going through the motion. God wants to set you on fire for his glory. But it starts when we understand he is the great pursuer. He is the one that pursues us. He loves us. He's proud of us. He is proud of you. He cares about you. He hurts more for you than you do for yourself. He cares. And when you get to a place of saying, God, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender my family. I surrender my sin. I surrender. And guess what he does? He takes us by the hand. He heals us instantly. You know what I'm saying? And then we can go begin to go out praising Jumping, sharing, restoring our joy to a world that so desperately needs him. I want to pray for you as we close. Every just head maybe bowed. Every eyes closed. God, here we are. Would you talk to him? You need to get your eyes checked. What do you desire from him? How's your heart? Do you need him to do something? Do you need him to resurrect your heart? Do you need a new heart this morning? How's your hands? Are you holding on to things or are you willing to let things go? God, I thank you so much for my friends, my brothers, my sisters. God, I thank you. From this point on, we want to pursue the ways of Jesus. We want to partner with you. God, I pray, God, for those who need, maybe their vision has gotten just cloudy. God, would you restore their sight? 
Would you help them see 2020? Help them see in the supernatural. Would you help them see? Help them see the beauty, not just the brokenness. Help them see what people can be. That, that we would be seers, that we would call people higher, that we would encourage, that we would inspire, that we would build up. God, our hearts, God, God, we need to be moved. I just feel, God, we need your heart even now. God, we want to be invited into your heart this morning. We're not content with where our heart is. God, some of us, we need to grow in empathy and compassion. God, help us be more like Jesus. Help us be like Peter was moved. And God, these hands, God, God, would you help us release whatever it is that keeps us, that keeps us from helping, extending, loving those around us. God, we want to pursue you, but we also want to partner with you in the ways that you do things. Father, I bless you. I thank you. God, we love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, Pastor Andre, thank you. I see you got some amazing. Say, I see you. I know you. I know you a prayer warrior. Amen. I know you. But I'm sure you guys got that. Thank you so much. Do y'all appreciate Pastor Andre too? I wish I had your hair, man. Hey, let's give it up again for Pastor Rob Johnson. That was a great word. Here at Dream City Omaha, we're all about three things. Helping people discover Christ, recover identity, or uncover purpose. If you enjoyed today's service, we encourage you to check out our past sermon series as well as our discipleship classes. Give us a subscribe, and we hope that we can help you grow no matter where you are.